welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Krista Mashaw. I taught this to a girl and she did $600,000 her first event. And people, well, that's because you're this and that. Okay, you're right. I can do a million dollars a month. If I can teach you to do it a half, a quarter of that, you know, a fifth of that, and you made $200,000 and you could systematically do that every single month, would you do it? And you don't need a huge list. We've learned what to do to get people to come back and to say and show up. So you don't need all these people. You could just do it on a lower scale. If you took this process and this model and you made $100,000 a month, would it make an impact in your business? Hi there and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I speak with incredible people who share their secrets to building, marketing and monetizing their expertise, intentionally growing a unique personal brand and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive. If you're new to the show, then while you still have your device in your hand, take a second to hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single thing. And if you are a regular listener, then consider sharing the show with just one person. It's the best way that you can help the show grow and help me reach more people. And if you're watching on YouTube, because we are on YouTube now, finally, it seemed like a lot of work in the beginning, but it turns out it's kind of easy. Take a moment to subscribe and also like this video. That way YouTube will spread me just a little bit further. So any amazing journey has two parts. There's where you travel, there's your map and your directions. But another important element is the traveler. It's who you are at the beginning and who you become on the journey. And what makes the biggest difference to that is your mindset. The mindset that you embrace on a journey is what's gonna dictate what you take from that journey. And this is something I've become really, really interested in as I speak to more and more successful people. Some of the most successful people I know are not the people now that they were at the beginning of that journey. They embraced growth and they learned that that growth doesn't happen by accident. So this week, I am thrilled to welcome back Krista Mershore, and we're really going to jump deep into mindset. Krista has a new book called Stop, Snap, and Switch. Awesome title, Krista. So Krista Mershore, welcome back to the show. Hi, Bob. Thanks to ha- thanks for having me again. I got to say, your name fits you. You're just so kind and gentle. So I, <laughs> I love that your name is Bob Mendel. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I, honestly, so many times I've been tempted to change it, but. Uh, oh, no, it suits it's, you it's, perfectly. Thank you. So I am impatient to the point of vibrating to speak about your book because it's a topic I'm really excited about. One of the things that I've, as I mentioned this before, if you take any really successful person, they are not the person now that they were at the beginning of that journey when they were first trying to, to struggle and find their way into whatever it is they've become awesome at. And I spent a lot of time trying to unpack what is that? How can we systematize that? which is why I'm very excited to speak about your book, because it really is focusing on mindset. But before I get too deep into that and get carried away, as I'm inclined to do, for the listener who's maybe meeting you for the first time, because you are a returning guest, that only happens when you're awesome. (laughs) Can you maybe tell us a little bit, for the listener who's discovering you for the first time, about who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Yes. So I have been in the online coaching business for just exactly almost five years uh, and one month. I teach real estate agents and lenders, and now we're actually transitioning also to help other coaches utilize digital marketing and social media to dominate their markets in non-traditional ways. So 
that's we we really specialize with that with real estate agents and lenders. And now we're actually helping coaches in something called the million dollar month model. We've done over one million dollar months the past twenty four months in a row, even through the pandemic. Uh, we've done as much as four million dollars in a month. And so now we're teaching people our systematized strategy from A to Z on how to attract clients and more importantly, how to actually convert them through a um, challenge and then onto a, a three-day virtual event. And so, yeah, I'm very excited. Prior to that, I was a teacher. I taught third grade for six years. I have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction. And then I became a real estate agent. I was top 1% real estate agent for 17 years. And then I decided to teach my specialties into coaching. And one of my coaches, Russell Brunson, always says, you should teach who you were five years ago. So now we have, we're expanding into teaching where I was five years ago when I first started taking my expertise in real estate and opening up a, um, an online coaching company. So that's, that's, that's me. That's me. <laughs> so I have questions, some qualifying questions, because when I hear million dollar months uh-huh. and for the listener who's maybe listening to the audio version of the podcast, they can't see what's behind you. Yeah. And for a lot of people watching on YouTube, they may not understand the, the significance of what's behind you. Can you maybe just explain to the listener what it is that's behind you? Yeah. So we actually have three more that my husband has to hang up. So we have created 11 sales funnels that each have generated a minimum of $1 million. This one right here, the big one shows that we've done $25 million. And this one shows that we have done $10 million. We have another one of those coming on its way right now as well. We've done over $42 million in sales online from in five years and one month in coaching. And that's just for the coaching company. So yeah, those are click funnels. And so we specialize in digital marketing. Um, we are absolute specialists in it. Russell says that only 0.2% of people uh, ever get one Jukama club. And he says 0.00001 get the $10 million one. And like, like there's only like a few hundred of us that have the, the $25 million one. So we're, we're well on our way to getting $50 million. We'll get that award at, at his next uh, conference. And, you know, I, I like that's really great, but I wish I could start with talking about where I came from. Because I feel like if, if people understood where I came from, my background, I think it might make this, this this story a little bit more interesting and also more attainable for everybody. Because I think that sometimes people look at, at you or me and they see people that are doing podcasts or maybe on stage or who have written books or, or done things. And they think that they've got some special power or they, they came from an affluent place or they just kind of were dropped into money and success. Would that be okay if I do that, Bob? Absolutely. And I think for very good reasons, like you described, because that journey where it began is more important than where you are right now. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I want everyone to understand it doesn't matter where you're at or what you're going through. You know, your life can be drastically different in three months, six months, 12 months, a year, a year from now. And I believe that so, so much if you just make a decision and choose, choose for that to happen. So I have a very, very great family. But when I was growing up, it was a great family, but it was kind of like I lived in two families. I had this very happy church-going family uh, with the most loving, supportive mom and dad. But then I also had a mother that was um, the same happy mom that was also very, very, very physically abusive. So, And it was happening in secret. Nobody knew about it. Pretty, pretty drastic, quite frankly. And that happened for many, many years. And I was a very um, you know, insecure due to the abuse, very anxiety type of, of young girl growing up. And so finally, when I turned uh, 13, I just couldn't handle the abuse anymore. So I started running away from home. 
And for about a year, it was running away, um, living on the streets, living in cars, living in RVs, living in abandoned buildings, living in, you know, my, my friend's closets at night where their parents were sleeping. So they wouldn't know I was there. And finally, I ended up breaking the law. I ended up breaking into my third, um, I'm sorry, my uh, seventh grade junior high locker room, the PE room. So when the kids were at PE, I, me and my friend that I was running away with, because she was also having some sexual abuse actually from her father, we ended up breaking into our, our, the PE room, stealing all the clothes, stealing all the lunch money, and then walking with these two great big, huge, you know, black trash bags full of clothes, purses, and, and lunch money. And we ended up getting caught by the PE teacher, which ended up getting us thrown into juvenile hall. So I stayed in juvenile hall for about three and a half months. And I remember being in juvenile hall and you got to understand, like I was a a very religious girl growing up, very God-fearing, very God-fearing family. And and I I was like this perfect kid that was quite frankly afraid to go outside of the box because I was was afraid I'd get in in trouble. Um, The abuse was so bad that I ended up wanting to bed until I was about 10. And I couldn't read until I was in fifth grade. I had to go to a special education class until I was in fifth grade. So all, all the background kind of will give you an understanding of the abuse. And so when I was in juvenile hall, I remember the first week, I remember there was this girl in, in there and she had to have been at least, I swear, she looked like she was 12 feet tall. She was probably like five foot 10 or something. And she had this bright red hair and she was really a large girl. And I was in the bathroom and I remember seeing her grab this other girl's head and just start bashing it, it against the porcelain toilet. It's like what you see in the movies. It was the scariest thing. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I am going to die in this place. I don't belong here. It was, it was horrible being in juvenile hall. I ended up adapting. I'm very, I'm very adaptive. And uh, when that girl did that, she ended up getting stuck into isolation. They kept her there for like a month. Now she had her eyes on me for some reason. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm next. And so what I did was I ended up like befriending her so much so that they um, ended up making us roommates. So the story behind that is if you ever get incarcerated, make sure that you pick the meanest person there and become friends with them because she became my protector. So much so that she was like, Kristen, when you get out of here, you know, you can move to San Francisco and I'll take care of you. She was a madam. So this was, I didn't do that. So crazy story. So I stayed in juvenile hall for about three and a half months. And then they sent me to a group home. The group home was called a Hidden Hills Group Home for Girls. There was nothing hidden about it. In fact, they, they would drop us off every single day in the biggest green bus labeled Hidden Hills for Girls. And that just told everybody in high school, it was ninth grade, that we were um, like misfits and screwed up kids. And so we were chastised, made fun of. We were, you know, bullied horrifically. People would not not talk to us. So it was just more like being at that school just reminded me like I wasn't good enough. There's something wrong with me. Nobody likes me. I just felt less than quite frankly. And so it was something that, you know, the, between the abuse and that, it just, it was tough to get out of. So then um, after spending a year at the group home, I ended up going back home and it, things were still not better. My mom wasn't abusive anymore, but she's just, you know, because I wasn't religious at that point, like we lived in a very, very religious family. So we, when I left, I also decided I am not going to do this religion anymore. And because of that, she didn't talk to me for many, many years. And so one day I finally told my dad and my probation officer, I called and said, listen, I can't stay here. So I, I, I made the choice to, uh, to leave. So my probation officer arranged for me to go into a foster home. So I spent the remaining years uh, in a foster home. And it was really hard because when I left, my dad, he, 
I remember him begging me on the porch. Just he's like, Krista, we can work this out. Please don't go. I actually talk about it in the book so much so that when I was reading the book, because I have an audio, I was crying as I was reading it because it's still so it's still hard to talk about, believe it or not, even though I'm 51 years old because it, it was so dear. But he cried and just begged, don't leave, don't leave. And I was like, Dad, I have to because he didn't know about what was going on with my mom. So I ended up going into the to, my, to the new foster parent's car, crying all the way there in the little you know silver Toyota. And that, that was that. So I haven't lived at home since I was 13 years old. Luckily, went to my foster home, found a really great group of girls and just made a choice to to find the right group of girls because I was a good kid. Like I was, I was a really good kid. I just was in a bad situation. And so it was really hard not to live at home. I mean, I remember crying for months and months. I missed my family so much. When I left, it actually tore my family apart. My mom ended up having a nervous breakdown. Many, many memories from her childhood came up. And so my brothers felt like Krista left. And so like they kind of blame me for the family falling apart. So it's just been a lot, right? With that being said, I will tell you that my mom and I have one of the best relationships ever. When I got out of the group home from all of the therapy, I went to her house probably when I was around 21 or so. I don't remember the exact dates, but I, I confronted her and she ended up telling my dad what had happened and helping going through counseling with me and helping me heal. So it's a really great story for a couple of reasons. One that, you know, I mean, it, not to live at home since you were 13 and have that kind of abuse from a parent, it causes a lot of psychological th- issues in your mind. But the fact that the abuser also was the hugest part of my recovery and cared enough to do so is very, very uncommon with, with the beast. Mm, I would say so. I think it's very rare. It's very um, rare. Very rare. They usually deny it or make excuses for it. It's very, very rare. Yeah. So you wanted to lead with that because I, th- I think what you described to me is not coming from a place of privilege or anything like that. <laughs> and I want to come back to where you are now. Five years into a coaching business, million dollars a month. That's, again, very unusual. The majority of people in the coaching space are lucky to make a hundred grand a, a year, let alone a million dollars a month. So I'm curious to know, I'll tell you a story. I had a podcast guest years ago. She was pitched to me by an agency, which most aren't. And most of the time I hit the delete key. You must get these as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this one was set up a business at home making soap. And at that point... My, my finger was really going hard on the delete. And then I saw $25 million a year business after five years at the bottom. And I thought, I need to understand how that happened. Because so many people start businesses making soap at home, but they don't do that. And That's crazy. I asked her, I asked her, what, why do you do this? And they don't. And her response, I'm going to paraphrase, was your business will grow when you grow. And this is why your book is so relevant and why I really want you to maybe reflect on how did you embrace that growth in your mind? What's the difference between you and your coaching business now and all those other people who started their coaching business five years ago? What do you identify as being the difference? What is your mindset perhaps that that they don't have? So you know what's crazy is like, okay, so here's a book, right? Stop, snap, and switch. Uh, train your brain to unleash your limitless life. Now, train your brain, all right? I will tell you, I had to train my brain. I had to reprogram my brain, my thought process, and, and you can literally train your brain. I mean, our, they say that our, you know, your, your body has, it's just weird how, how it works. So this book, how I've written it, it's, it's really, it's fun and interesting to read because, you know, science can seem kind of like, oh, what is she saying? So I wrote it in a way that was like easy to read, fun, and I have a, like tons and tons of research examples of, of, of people doing research studies 
on people to see to see how the brain affects their the same groups of people when they do things differently. So just know you literally can train your brain to do what you want it to do because our thoughts, right, and and the way that our brain works, our thoughts create create our brain to do things for us or against us. And so your thoughts, your philosophies, your beliefs, they turn into your actions, your actions, which are your habits, your rituals, and your routines, right? And so those thoughts that create those actions, they actually create your life, your success, your outcome, you know, the results that you're going to get from, from those actions. So everything, remind, remind you, starts with how you think. So I remember I'm to the place now, and trust me, I constantly have to stop, snap, and switch. And before I go into it, I'm, I'll explain what stop, snap, and switch is. So we have between 30,000 and 60,000 thoughts in a day. Now, most of them are like, should I do this? Or like, you're all these thoughts you're, you're completely unaware of, right? But 30 to 60,000 is a lot. And unfortunately, a large number, around 85% of those thoughts can be negative thoughts, right? They're, they're worries, they're stresses, they're concerns. And most of that is due to the media, what we're seeing, because negativity sells. So negativity is all around us. It can't be more relevant than it has been the last few years with everything going on with COVID, you know, uh, the recession, interest rates, like everywhere you look, there's people getting killed and mass murderers and just horrible stuff. So all of that is negative. And so that negativity can seep into us. So we have to stop when we start thinking about negativity and negativity can be anything as far as you're thinking about your relationship with your spouse, how you feel about yourself, what you can accomplish, your energy level, what you're good at, the way you look, the way you sound, how tired you are. All of those thoughts are not conducive to success for you, right? So if you can stop and recognize, for example, right now, I'm, I'm, I am a little groggy. I'm a little tired because I'm going through menopause and I have, I've been having trouble sleeping, right? So this morning when I woke up, I didn't feel 100% energized, so I had to say to myself, "Today's going to be a great day. You're going to be, you're going to perform so well. Like you woke up early, great job. It's going to be an amazing day, right?" So instead of me thinking, "Oh my gosh, you're tired. You didn't sleep well," blah blah blah, I told myself a different story. So I stopped and recognized how I was feeling, but also how I was thinking about it. So I stopped, recognized that. Then you snap your bracelet. I didn't have my bracelet on, so I was like, I didn't do this, this snap part. So stop, snap, and then switch. A negative thought comes out, you stop and recognize the negative thought, then you snap the bracelet and you switch the bracelet to the other hand, and then you rephrase that that thought, right? So I'm tired can be, okay, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, I can't do this. It's like, all right, you know, the day's almost over, you're gonna be great, just a few more, just a few more, a few more hours, let's go, right? It's no matter what you're thinking, you stop, snap, and switch. And the reason why switching and snapping is so important is because you're thinking about it and then you're doing a physical action to get the brain to realize as, as you're saying the new thing. So it all goes hand in hand. All right. Now you can stop, snap and breathe, stop, snap and superpose, stop, snap and do. I have all these different tricks in here with the stop, snap and switch. It's not just stop, snap and switch. There's, there's a, a several techniques that you can, that really can help you optimize having the best life ever. Like literally having the most limitless life you can ever imagine in every area of your life, not just money. So that's the stop, step, and switch. So just, I wanted to make sure that everyone understands that. And now I forgot the question, <laughs> Bob. It actually doesn't matter what the question is because usually I've forgotten the question once it's asked. What was really interesting was, I don't know if you've read Todd Herman's alter ego effect, but what you're describing, this physical anchoring in, in a ritual is really powerful. He talks about sort of trying to perform in moments of impact and 
having an alter ego that can essentially carry some of the weight for you. It's a psychological device, but anchoring that in a physical totem. So when when you acknowledge that this physical object exists, the alter ego can step in and take some of that for you. But what I like about what you're describing is it's very multi-purpose, actually. It's, it's quite powerful. And I think if you understand anything about neurology and psychology, the physical anchoring of a ritual to help you move from one place to another is really powerful because the unconscious works much better with that. And if you're going to retrain your brain, that physical anchoring is really important. And the ritual is really important. I'm going to have to read that book. I haven't read it yet, which is, I'm actually glad I haven't because it, it, you know, it shows that I, I want to read it now so I can even get more into, into it's, that. It's very, very different. Todd is, is like a very high performance coach. He works with athletes and people like that a lot. It's an awesome book. So the stop, snap and switch, I entirely get that. I think, that, and there's, there's somewhere I want to get to with this. One of the things that I encounter a lot in most people, and you'll probably recognize this, is that there's almost like a, a success barometer it's a thermostat almost so that when we achieve a certain level of success that's our normal state and every time we go a little bit beyond it the world seems to organize itself in such a way to just put you back down to where it was normal for you and what i like about the stop snap and switch is it potentially gives you a method for resetting that thermostat at a higher level for me i think that's really what i want to understand in your journey is at what point did you look at where you were and think, okay, this is normal, but we need to set a new normal. And how do you move from the old normal to the new normal? Because in that, there's also this whole question of identity. How do you move from being somebody who is used to maybe earning 35 grand a year to somebody who's earning 200 grand a year? Because that's a different person. It's a different yeah. identity. This is a good question. I now I remember the question you at you actually asked. You asked about when I first started coaching. Like, how, how did I do that? So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I have gotten to a point because I'm so into mindset, right? I mean, you got to think about it. When you haven't lived at home since you were so young and you had the abuse, like it's you are you're you know the anxiety, the fear, the stress. It's like it's so prevalent within your body. And I got I did a lot of counseling. So when I was in the group home, they made me do counseling. And then I realized that I still needed it because at first there was always something in me that just wanted to be more. I, and I can't explain it. I think I was born. I, I really believe that I was put on this earth to help people. And I, I, I believe that, you know, the universe, God, whatever you call him, put me here and put me through that so that I could be a catalyst for people to help them see me as somebody who, man, if she did it, I can. And so my superpower, honestly, is inspiring and motivating people to take action. And that story really helps people realize, like, my BS excuses are just that. If she can do it, I can. And I think that's what people need. Yeah. They need to know that anybody can do anything. It doesn't matter where you came from, what you've experienced. Those are things that happen. And I've chosen to make, you know, my mess, my message, if that makes sense. And so I I, I constantly have to um, do the stop, snap, and switch. It's, it's something that even though... You know, I have multi, I have, you know, multiple million dollar year businesses, million dollar month businesses that I constantly have to remind myself. And sometimes I have this tug of war, right? Like, and I don't beat myself up for the days that I'm feeling down or, or discouraged or upset. I just make those, I try to let, you know, moments uh, not turn into weeks and, you know, things that go on or my thoughts not turn into hours or days or 
I try to make it into minutes. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer, right? Like I'm human, I'm normal, but I'm constantly aware. And the more aware that I am of my practice, the better that I do. And it's just about making the mental shift. And you know, I will tell you, I tried to use a different word than mindset because I feel like some people think that mindset is overrated. So I did all this research and went to, you know, synonyms or whatever the words are, trying to find a different word. And there just quite frankly, wasn't one. So no. I want to talk about with some, but mindset, I always tell people is so much more important than skill set. And so when I first started my coaching business, and I'll tell you, it was not easy. I mean, I, no one knew who I was. I didn't have a list. I mean, locally, everyone knew me in my in my city because I'm a great marketer. But marketing locally and marketing nationally is a completely different thing. So what I have learned is if you ask yourself how, many times you just go, oh, like you just you stop because it's, it just seems so out of reach. And I'll tell you a quick story about that. So recently I just... Uh, was the number two affiliate uh, winner in the Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi launch. Uh, it's the largest affiliate launch in the world. I had never done one before. And so they, uh, their team member called me and asked me, Krista, will you do this launch? And to be quite frank, originally I told him no, because I had had, um, I had, had, had an experience from someone that worked in, in the company with them and they had given me a negative experience. And I told this to the person in front of me. And she said, Krista, I, I respect you. You're right. You're probably not the right person. However, can I just tell you that what you were told is completely inaccurate. In fact, I have an amazing relationship with them. Mostly women work with them and they're absolutely respectful. So I was able to, I was so happy she told me that because I, I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to go against my values, right? So I ended up looking into their program and I ended up doing it because I believed in what they were, they were selling. So now you have to understand, I'm not somebody who has a big list. I'm not famous. Like nobody knows me. I'm kind of like, I'm like kind of a low dog on the totem pole, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but I was going up against my mentor, Russell Brunson, who has millions of followers, Ed Milet, like Brendan Bruchard, all of these people who are well known in the digital marketing space, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. And then there's me. So I wanted to do this, but because the, 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 the winning, the winners got to go, if you're in the top 10, you got to go on a five day mastermind with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and the top, the top 1% person got an eight hour day. And the number two got a four hour day. So there's these really cool things. And I was like, that would be amazing to be in the room with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi for five days. Like I want to do this. So, but I, I kept saying like, how are you going to beat Russell Brunson? Again, he is my mentor. These are all from Russell. How are you going to be Ed Milet? Like he's got millions of followers. So finally I said to myself, Krista, quit asking how and just do. And then what I started to do was I, I just started to make my mind up that I was going to win this thing. Now I made a mistake though, because Russell was my mentor and, I, and he's very competitive. I was like, there's no way you're going to beat Russell. So I kept visualizing myself as being number two. So I would see myself at the table with Tony. I mean, you, I mean, literally, I can tell you where Tony's sitting, where his wife's sitting, where Dean is sitting, where I'm sitting. Like I visualized this, this thing. And then I just made up my mind, like, I'm going to do this. But I didn't ask how, because if I asked myself how, it kept like being a self-defeating purpose because it, it honestly is like one of these miracles. It, if you, it, it almost seems impossible that I could beat these people. So I just started doing, and I, de I developed this, this plan and I, I visualized it. And every day I wake up and I'd see myself and I, I was like doing tug of war every single hour with like, how Kristen, I'd stop, snap and switch it and tell myself, you can do it. And here's why, and you've got this, and it's going to happen. So that's why I tell you, it's not something that you, it just all of a sudden you're perfect. I mean, this, I just did this about six, four or five months ago or so. So anyways, it turns out that I end up when when the launch happens, 
I didn't have a lot of people that actually made it into, into their, their challenge. But once they made their offer, immediately I was number one. So out of all these people, I was number one. And they were like, who is this person? Like no one ever even heard of me. And I was number one. And then it was like within a couple of days, like Russell was number one. So like for three, two or three days, Russell and I were like number one, number two, number one, number two. It was like this, this battle, right? And then all of a sudden I got to number one and I was number one for about two days or so. And then the last eight hours, two other people that were in the top 10 joined forces together. And within the last eight hours, they beat me just by like 30, 30 or like 35. But it was like, everybody was like, we're rooting for you. You're like the underdog. Like, how are you, how are you doing this? And then afterwards they, they told me like you, your, your conversion numbers, like were smoked everyone else. So like I beat all these records within and it was because, not because of the mindset, hi, baby girl, not because of the mindset, come here, but because of my level of influence over people and my ability to help people really be able to, this is my puppy, say hi, hello, hello, hello. Hello, um, puppy. <laughs> my ability to really, really help people believe in themselves, achieve things, and, and, and influence them in a positive way to do something that I totally believe in. So that's just an example of me utilizing a strategy I mean, and, it, and really honestly, you know who these people are, Bob, obviously, so you can understand them. I don't have, you know, a lot of followers. I don't have a big list, but I did have a really good strategy, a good mindset, a visualization, and just like, like a belief in myself that you are doing this. Like you didn't, there was no taking no for an answer. And mind you, it was a, the, the hardest two weeks ever in my business because it was so stressful. And I had to work on my mindset like every minute, hour, you know, day. But um, it was one of the, it was, it was a really great thing. And again, more proof of just how powerful and strong your, your mind can be to achieve things that little, that almost seem impossible. That was like an impossible thing. Most people would, would, would say if you kind of knew all the details. I think what's really interesting listening to that is it, it's a great story of almost David and Goliath because you didn't worry about the how. It was just, okay, wake up every day, take action as best you possibly can. One of the things that frustrates me is when you meet somebody as an adult and they think that they're finished. They think they've arrived. This is who they are. This is what they do. They, this is their lot in life, that they're just a finished piece of work. Yeah. And it's just so not true. No. What you described is the power of the compound effect over time, that that same attitude of don't worry about how, just take action, always focusing on the positive, finding a ways to manage your mindset so that you can take the steps forward. Mm -hmm. That process refines your personality. It refines your ability to have vision and execute. And it's that process of refining over many years that's the difference between, because if if I had been given that challenge, I haven't refined my mindset and gone through that that furnace, if you like, that means makes you can do that now, but I wouldn't achieve the same result now if I'd started five years ago and I probably could have. I'm rambling a little bit, but you can kind of see, and I hope the listener can also see, where I'm coming with this. Just because it's always been so doesn't mean it always has to be so. It's entirely down to you. Mm -hmm. And what you describe is a wonderful story of taking control, staying in control. When you lose control, it's okay, but stop, snap and switch, take it back again. Get back in. Yeah. And you know, a person's biggest regret is not doing something that they still have the ability to do right? Like that, they said that that's one of the biggest regrets in life is like, is not doing something that you still can. And I'll tell you, anybody can do anything. When I first wanted to get into, into coaching, you know, I was doing about $1.8 million 
a year as in, in gross commissions as a real estate agent. 47 years old. And my family was like, Krista, we love you. But normal people like at 47, don't leave their careers when you're making you know, almost $2 million a year to be a coach, like not a good idea. And they loved me and wanted to help me and support me. But sometimes people's fear will, will hold you back. It's like the crab pulling the crab down because they'd rather pull the other person down, the crab down and not get out of the pot. Many times people that love us do that without really knowing, right? So they, they put their limiting beliefs on us. And I am so happy I didn't do that because it took me 14 years to make a million dollars a year as a, as a real estate agent. It took me 11 months to make a million dollars as a coach because I hired the right mentor, which is which was Russell Brunson, to help get me there. And here's, here's the thing. When I first started coaching, I mean, it, it, was, it was just myself and I had one team member help me, right? And we just started reading books and I hired, you know, I hired Russell and I got into a great mastermind because you are the closest of the people you associate with. And I was in this room with these people like Alex Hermosi and all these amazing marketers that are just like millionaires and they're doing so well. And, and, you know, Lady Boss and all these people. And I remember looking in that room thinking, why are you here? Like you have, you know, you, you don't belong in this room. Like these people are so much far advanced. And I had to stop, snap, and go, Krista. I mean, I remember sitting in that room, almost ready to walk out. And I had to say, no, you're doing this. Sit here. If they can do it, you can do it. And that is my thing. If they can do it, I can do it. Like I believe that if anybody can do anything that I can do it too, as long as I put my mind to it, I, I, I have a devise a plan. I hire the right coach because I think it's very important. Coaching accountability and support are you know, some of the main factors why people are successful, but the biggest factors why people aren't is because they don't have coaching accountability and support. And there's tons of studies on that, which we talk about in the book, Stop, Snap and Switch. So I, I, I made a plan, I made a decision. I hired the right people, surrounded myself by the right people. And I just didn't stop. And it was difficult. I remember sitting in my kitchen crying, like, why did I do this? And it was like, I was paying from Peter to pay Paul, you know, still selling homes, taking from that, putting it into my business. And then eventually... One second, Bob. That's fine. I forgot what I was saying now, Bob. I think you, you kind of brought things to a natural conclusion with that. I think what I wanted to ask you about next was there will be marketers listening to the podcast who will yes. destroy me if I don't ask what, from a marketer's perspective, is the obvious question. Okay. For a million dollar month, there's different ways that you can get there. You can get there through organic content, through your list, through things like that. I have to ask, what are you spending on ads to achieve that? Okay, that's a great question. So our 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 average profitability is between fifty two and fifty seven percent. December was a horrible month. We we did six percent uh, profit because I gave a bunch of bonuses and it was just a, a, an outlier, an outlier. So we our ROAS is insane. So we on average spend between eighty and one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a month on ads. And right now we've got, you know, around 50 plus employees, 30 of which are from the Philippines, 20 of which are from here. Let me tell you the process, the process of how we do it, did it for the first three and a half, well, probably four years, actually, we would run a, ch- a five day challenge. We've done everything from free challenge to $27 challenge. We've done all different ways. We track everything. So a five before it was like a 10 day challenge and it was a, you know, a seven day challenge. Now it's a five day challenge. It's an hour a day. On day four, we would make an offer about a three-day event, a three-day virtual event. So now, mind you, we've been doing this now for 24 months. So for 24 months, we've done this process, but we've changed it a lot during the way. Every single month, we optimize one thing, okay? So my goal is how can I improve one thing or change one thing to get better results? So if you would see what I track, you'd probably freak out. 
So we, we did that and we would always t- change and t- tweak things. At first it was a $97 um, three-day event and then we did a $67. Then we did a $47. During the last holidays, we did $27. Now it's back up to $47.99. Okay. So this three-day event is, it's all the challenges designed in a certain way to convert and the three-day event is designed to convert. Now, we don't do the challenge anymore. Instead, we do something called What's Working Now. We do an hour and a half webinar training, whatever you want to call it. We give them amazing stuff. And now we invite them into the three-day event. And we have found that that converts at about 1% less than the challenge, but it takes me way less time, way less attention. And so for that 1%, I don't care. And it's only because we just started doing it. So we are going to convert even better as far as those numbers. We did, no, I'm sorry. We did it like two, two or three times. So what's working now? So we now prefer to do the hour and a half training into the three day event. I don't make the offer onto my, my massive offer. My offer is $24,000 for a 12 month, month coaching program. In any other industry, that would be more, more like a $50,000 program because I work with realtor, real estate agents and they are, they're like a different beast, if that makes sense when it comes to investing, because it's so easy to break into it. So the whole entire event is built to do three things. Number one, which is the, what I want you all to hear me, your biggest, and, and I can tell you because right now you're saying to yourself, oh, I don't believe I can do that. That, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. That's too hard. It's almost impossible. I have to help you with your belief, right? Your job as a marketer, as a coach, somebody who's selling something to somebody else, especially when it comes to like helping them with their business or their mindset or their bodies or whatever it might be. Your biggest job in this event and in the challenge is to overcome their belief that they can do it. You've got to get them to believe that they can do it. Okay. And I'm very good at teaching people how to believe and also getting people to believe. So belief is the main thing that you have to do is getting the consumer to believe that they can do it. And it's also your hardest thing to do. Second thing you got to get them to do is to believe that what you're selling, the vehicle, right? The thing that you're selling, that's going to get them the result that they want to believe that that is going to work for them. So they got to believe in self, believe in the vehicle. And lastly, they've got to believe in you as a coach or that you can actually help them, that they need you to get them that result. Those three things are the entire precedence of the entire three-day event. All right. And there's so many different ways to get to make this happen. They all go together. Um, And that is why we are so so good at at getting people to convert. Russell just recently, Brentson had me teach at his uh, to his two comma club members and his category team members. He had me teach this strategy of, you know, my we call it the million dollar month method. And it was an hour and a half training. People were like, oh my gosh, because we we break down like all the, the everything we're we're um, doing during during the challenge, everything that we're trying to do during the event and like how sequentially we get people to do all of these things and really, really believe in, in themselves, believe in the product and believe that we're the ones that they need to help them. So it didn't start out that way. It used to just start, you know, in the very beginning, we would just do Facebook ads, we'd do videos, we'd, we'd drive traffic to a lead magnet, drive traffic to my book. Then we, we drove traffic to like sales calls. And so it was a completely different model now. We don't have, you know, setters right now like 95 to 96% of our money coming in over the past, you know, five years and one month has absolutely been, I'm sorry, not, not 24 months. So we did this model for the past 24 months. So scratch what I just said. So all of our income from the past 24 months has come from this model of mm. challenge or um, hour and a half webinar directing to the three-day event 
making the offer on day two before lunch, and then having a sales um, team. And we've never had more than three salespeople. For the past five months, we've only had one, which is a big mistake, by the way. <laughs> we need we need more. So, so taking those people, getting on a call and talking to somebody about our program. Uh, we started out, when we first started doing the, the, the three-day event, it was $18,000, then it was $19,000, then it was $21,000, $22,000. Now it's $23,97. That's been the sweet spot. We tried to go to $28,000 and girls, girls, no. And uh, it was it didn't convert as well. So we literally have tested so many things. Like we know we know now from doing this twenty four times, you know, show up rates. When's the best time to make the offer? You know, what what percent of people you know are come back after lunch? Like we've just tested everything. How long it should be? I mean, when you do something twenty four times, and now we're we've even gotten to the point where it's virtual. So you know, I've done million dollar months not even showing up or being there at all multiple times. So I'm actually re-recording it next, this month, actually, on January, so January 16th, 17th, and 18th, I'm doing it live, but we're going to be recording it live to then run, you know, Evergreen, you know, for three or four months in a row. So now we've been running it, like, I'll do it once and then let it run, but we've, we've done this thing live at least, I would say, 17 times because we spent the whole first year perfecting it, changing, tweaking. And then we were like, okay, let's run it, run it virtually for a couple of months. And then we we're like, okay, let's, let's, let, I've learned some things. The market's changing. Let's do it again live. And so we run it to, to aware that it looks like it's live. We tell them, Hey, some of this is recorded. Some of it's not, which is true. We, this is live. I am here. My team's here. My team's in the background commenting. Uh, we have a, a live MC. It's just that I don't have to show up now every single time because it, it, it was a very difficult. I will tell you doing a three day event once a month, it started to kind of take toll on my body and my voice. So we're trying to do it to where, um, you know, but it, it's been awesome. I mean, I was at Russell's Atlas training, you know, last month and you're hiring him on, on TV and we made a million dollars that month. And I was like, not even there doing it. So it's been, it's been an awesome <laughs> model. <laughs> I think what's really interesting listening to that. First of all, if anybody, if, if anybody's smart, they will go back and make mm -hmm. some notes. Yeah. I made some notes. That was the most succinct masterclass in how to run a funnel I've ever heard. It was really well done. Really? Wow. And I can tell when somebody knows what they're talking about. You could have probably spent an hour explaining that, but you did oh, yeah. it in about three minutes. Perfect. Oh, it should be on. What I was going to say, yes, it's the top of the hour. I know you have another call you need to jump on. I would like to have you back to talk about funnels specifically. Okay. Yeah, I can come back and talk about the whole model if you want. Like I've got, uh, you know, amazing slides and stats and I can tell you like what we track. We, we, we have all these levers of, okay, how do you get people to show up? Well, how do you get people now to participate? How do you get people then like there's all these triggers that, you know, that we, we test. And then we have all these ways that we've gotten people to do the things you want them to do. And it's, it's been through complete trial and error. I mean, there's, there is a lot involved. I mean, obviously it's not just, I should get a million dollar a month. I mean, we've been doing this for, you know, for 24 months and we do it every single month. Our first virtual event that we ever did was just on zoom, just like this. We did 1.3 million, our first one, right? So this is the thing that I want. What I want the listener to hear is that don't think 80 grand on Facebook ads, think system, get the system right. Then that's a system you can invest in reliably knowing you're going to put a dollar in the top and 10 comes out the bottom. Yeah, then and you can scale exactly it. Right. I mean, if somebody told you, okay, like I know, I, I mean, I know I taught this to a girl and she did $600,000 her first event. So it's like, I know and people, well, that's because you're this and that. Okay, you're right. 
I can do a million dollars a month. If I could teach you to do it a half, a quarter of that, you know, fifth of that, and you made $200,000 and you could systematically do that every single month, would you do it? And you don't need a huge list. We'll have, you know, only 400 people there or 600 people. I think the most we've ever had is around 600 people virtually, but we've learned how to, what to do to get people to come back and to say and to show up. So you don't need, you know, all these people, you could just do it on a lower scale. If you took this process and this model and you made a hundred thousand dollars a month, would it make an impact in your business? Right? Absolutely. So it's all relative to what you're willing to do. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I would love to have you back sometime soon to talk about that. Also, I haven't had a chance to read the book yet and I feel terrible whenever I have a guest that has a book, if we're talking about it before I've had a chance to read it. Sometimes I'll just skim. Sometimes I'll read properly. I haven't been able to because yours isn't out yet. So once I've had a look, why don't we talk again and we can really go deep? Yes. And I'll I'll send you the audio copy today. Again, it's called A Stop, Snap and Switch, Train Your Brain to Unleash Your Limitless Life. My name is Krista Mayshore. And if you want, I'm not sure when you're going to be getting this out, but it's it's going to, uh, the 25th is when it comes out, but you can get a pre-release. And we'd love for you to pre-order it. It's kristamayshore.com slash pre-order SSS. That's Krista Mayshore, M-A-S-H-O-R-E slash kristamayshore.com slash pre-order SSS. And you can pre-order it for only $1.99. I would really love for you to help, help me with that. And it'd be amazing. And again, it comes out on the 25th. So yay. <laughs> Wherever you get this podcast, it will be in the show notes below, whether it's YouTube, on the website, or on whichever player you're using. Krista Mayshore, I have had the best fun with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Bob Gentle, for having me. So yeah, I appreciate it, Bob. You're amazing. I know you asked me, you wanted to ask me something before I left. No, no, this is this is absolutely fine. Let's leave it there because we've okay. probably got seconds left. I know you have another call, but that does bring us to the end of another episode. Thanks to you for listening at home. If you enjoyed the show, I would gently encourage you to leave a five-star review. It's five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you did enjoy the show, you will also love the Personal Brand Business Roadmap. It's everything you need to start, scale, or just fix your expert business. It's 50 pages of everything you're really going to need. So click the link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, Krista, and see you next week.